Welcome to the Life of Jesus, Lesson 9. Uh, we're going to sort of pick up where we left off. <laughs> it's been a while for the students that, have, that are attending um, the class here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to the beginning of Chapter 2, and I am going to race through it. So go to Chapter 2 and Page 1. All right. And... Um, <clears throat> Let me begin in Jude uh, 1. It should be just Jude verse 6, really, because there's no chapters. It says, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Now, we looked at that right at the beginning, and we said, okay, this tells us something happened. There were angels that didn't keep their first estate. Amen? They left the habitation. Now, there's, there's some key words there that we are going to understand today. Hopefully we'll get to all of that. Um, what was their habitation? What was that, that place, that first estate, so to speak? And why? What caused them to fall into this place where they are now reserved in, in everlasting chains of darkness or under darkness? Also in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4, Peter writes and says, God spared not, and that's again past tense, the angels that sinned. So we know there were certain angels that sinned. All right? And so people say, where do demons come from? They are simply angels that sinned. God didn't create anything else other than the angels. Um, there are theories running around that say, well, you know, there was another race of... In fact, let me just share this with you. It's not in your notes. All right, and um, let me do this. I, I try not to do one of those. Now, when you go down the street, don't turn left, don't go straight, turn right. You know what I mean? Okay, and the person gets confused by the end of the day. <laughs> okay, um, but maybe I need to share this with you. If you hear stuff like this, then maybe you need to equate it and go, aha, uh -huh, I remember, I know what this is all about. There was a thought, and I don't know whether it's still prevalent today or not, that there was another race of beings like ourselves on this earth. And they got wiped out, okay, because of whatever catastrophe. And yeah, a pre-Adamic race, and then they're the ones that became the demons. And that's where demons come from. The Bible has nothing to say about another race besides ours, except the angelic race. Okay, so I'm going to go with what the Bible says. And I don't want to make up stories because we can't figure it out. And the reason they couldn't figure it out is because they kind of missed the one little fact that there are two dimensions. There's a spiritual dimension and there's a natural dimension. Do you understand? And because they couldn't reconcile what was going on, they said, well, maybe this earth is millions of years old and so on and so forth because, you know, something must have happened and there is a history and we can't, you know, we can't account for it except we, we give it millions and millions and millions of years. Except the problem is, even mathematically, they have proven that this earth isn't more than 10,000 years old. Mathematically, they know now. There's a, 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 a mathematic discipline, sorry. Yeah, they won't admit it, but there's a discipline that has a, was able to do it, a point of origin. And they said it's interesting, the, the calculation turned out to be between 6,000 and 10,000 years old. 
Interesting, isn't it? The Bible says it's 6,000. So there you go. Anyway, so <clears throat> let's move on here. I'm turning over the page. So we know something went wrong. And we began to look at Ezekiel chapter 28 for the answers. In fact, we uh, looked at a single verse in Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12. This is on page 3. Where it actually um, identifies the angel that fell and says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. So we know that it was Lucifer that fell. And we know also uh, two verses down from there. It says in Revelation 12 and verse 9, So the great dragon was cast out, that I'm still on page 3, that, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. And he was cast to the earth, interesting, and his angels were cast out with him. What earth? I mean, there was no, po no point in casting Lucifer down into a physical earth. He's not a physical being. Amen? So it obviously had to be another earth. And so when Genesis says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, we now begin to understand there was another earth in existence. Same space, different dimension. Alright? So which is really interesting when you start looking at it like that. And it is that earth that is dry that when you cast out a demon, that's where they go. They go back to their realm. Right? Remember, they go into dry places, seeking rest, finding none. We'll get to all that when we get to the life of Jesus. Never mind. Which is, we are in that, but to his life, actual life, okay? <laughs> Down on the earth. Okay. <laughs> because he was alive forever. Okay, so now let's trek forward quickly to page 5. <clears throat> and I'm going to start reading in verse 11, right at the bottom of the page. I think if, if our pages are the same, I, I, do you have Ezekiel 28:11 at the bottom? Oh, yay. All right, it says, And moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, turning the page over, Son of man, take up lamentation for the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord, you were the seal of perfection, or more accurately, the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. And we looked at this before, and I'm not going to go over it again, but... Again, Lucifer was a model. He, he wasn't the one and only. Okay? But he was a model of perfection in that when you looked at him, there was nothing wrong with him. And I will talk about that today a little bit more. Alright? And let's keep going. Full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. In other words, this wasn't talking about how amazing he was. Listen to me very carefully. This is talking about how wonderfully God made him. Did you get the difference? Alright, this isn't putting Lucifer up, this is putting God up. This is saying God made you perfect. Now, this has to be said in order for us to understand that what went wrong wasn't God's fault. Did you all get what I said? Alright, that's so important that we understand that. Because otherwise you look at this and it can be twisted. Alright, and people will say, see amaz how amazing he was, he must have been like an archangel and so amazing and that's why you know he's kind of like the counterbalance to God and pfft. he's a created being in fact there are I reckon there are angels more powerful than him that were created I just reckon there was I reckon Michael was one of them I think if Lucifer and Michael went into a fight I don't think Lucifer would come out so well 
In fact, it, it does tell us that the dragon and his angel and Michael and his angels went up against each other and the dragon lost. Amen? So, you know, the guys with us are bigger. <laughs> okay? And they're meaner and we like them big and mean when they're fighting for us. All right, so, uh, verse 13. Where, no, sorry. Yes. He says, you were in Eden. I'm at the bottom of page 6. I'm doing a very quick recap, okay? Verse 13, it says, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Now see, straight away, there, we understand there was another Eden. Okay? And it goes on to say, I'm on page 7 now, in the middle. Every precious stone was your covering. Now, this couldn't have been in Adam's time. Alright? Because in Adam's time, there were no precious stones. Not like this. This, this, is, this is a whole other time. If we keep reading, it, it talks about the Sardis, the, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, all the fellows, okay? All of those stuff there. And it goes and say the workmanship of your timbrels, uh, literally the workmanship of your tambourines and pipes was prepared for you, or literally in you, on the day you were created. Now I'm on the bottom of page 7, turning over to page 8. <clears throat> so, in, in other words, Lucifer was created, as I've said there, as a living musical instrument. How incredible would that be? All right? he, just mu he was music in a sense. But then understand something, so were all the other angels that were created in his class. That's why when they start singing, you just stop. I mean, they are music personified, so to speak. Okay, so that's something we begin to understand about the cherubim angels. They start to sing, you put your mic down and walk away. You know, it's, <laughs> it's no comparison. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. No matter how great you think your voice is until they open their mouth. And then you just throw the mic on the floor and walk off. Anyway, so <laughs> verse 14. It says you were the, um, on page 9, it says you were the anointed cherub, or more accurately now, see, in this version it says the anointed, but in the NIV it says a guardian cherub. Alright? Because we have to be careful using words like the, because when you say the, then it's, it's you know, indicating a singular, do you understand? Cherub or whatever. But um, I'm very glad that the NIV said a guardian cherub. Because he was one of many guardian cherubs. And again, he didn't guard the throne. Amen. I kept saying to you before, only the best would be guarding the throne. Can I just stop for a minute again? Remember these are not machines. These are angels with personalities. These are angels with minds of their own. I know this is a little hard to comprehend sometimes, but they're not these things that just kind of mindlessly fly around and mindlessly stand there and, you know, hallelujah, 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 and that's it. These are beings that are created by the most intellectual being in the universe. And he is creating beings that are going to guard his throne, they'll have some smarts to them. Do you understand? And so, you know, I would, if I was God, I'd put the best ones around me. I'm just saying, you know, you, it, you, when you're the creator, you can keep the best ones for yourself and put them around the throne. I would. That would be the smart thing to do. Don't you think? Sorry, what? Yeah, exactly, yeah. You, you, know, you know how you created. Now, I, I know that there are no flaws in the creation, but, you know, something interesting, and let me just draw a parallel here. Just like we can choose to serve God or not. There are some people that are more dedicated. There are some people that are a little bit more 
passionate about it. Do you understand? And you know, if I was looking for people that would be sort of, you know, in places of authority in ministry, I would look for ones that had that little bit more passion and commitment and do you know what I'm trying to say? And you would do the same thing if you were at work. You know, if you had a job and you had wanted to put people in charge, you're looking for those people that you can trust. Amen? Are you all here? Okay? And so, you know, that's something that you choose to do. You know, you choose to be passionate. You choose to go the extra mile. You choose to do those things. Remember, a whole bunch of angels chose to do the wrong thing. Okay? So we need to understand that these beings have choices, they have personalities, they have drives in them. They, they, I, I don't know if they wake up some days and they feel lazy. I don't know. Okay? But obviously one day somebody woke up and felt rebellious. Are you all here? Okay? So we, you know, we don't know. One thing I can tell you is if those guys that are around God's throne, are around God's throne, I reckon God knows. God can see right through you. <laughs> you know, this is the job interview from, you know, you just can't hide from the guy. You go in there, you can lie your teeth, and he'll go, yeah, you're lying. Next. Are you all here? Okay. So, let's move on here. So, what I'm saying is, I believe that those that were around God's throne are obviously, and I, I, I believe with all of my heart, they knew what Lucifer was planning to do. And I believe they knew God knew. And I'm sure some way, somehow, they were trying to warn Lucifer and say, don't do this. This is a dumb move. You just don't know the conversations that were going on. Let's keep going. So he says here, you were the anointed cherub. I don't want to keep going on that line of thought because I'll get there in a minute. He says, you were the anointed cherub, or a guardian cherub, more accurately, who covers, I established or anointed you. Alright, let's turn the page, we're getting close to where we left off now. You were on the holy mountain of God, in Ezekiel 28, 14. <clears throat> That's just, um, yeah, on page 10. Alright. And... It says here, you walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. And remember again, uh, we, we spoke about this, that on that mountain, in that place, all right, <laughs> I might have to deal with some of these scriptures. Can I start here? Let's just start here now and move forward. Uh, I'm sorry, it took a little while to get to this place, but... To understand this phrase, all right, I'm going to start in page 10. All right, let me just read through this. We need to know the following. First, it says in Ezekiel 1.27, I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up, he, that's God, looked like a glowing metal, as if full of fire. And that from there, that's God's waist, down he looked like fire, and brilliant light or radiance or splendor surrounded him. This is, now this is almost word for word, um, Repeated again in Ezekiel 8.2, when Ezekiel says, Then I looked, and behold, a likeness as the appearance of a man. From his loins downward, there was the appearance of fire, and from his loins upward, the appearance of brightness, like the appearance of glowing metal. So you can, you can tell, these are amazing things, but you can tell, so there's a fire from his loins down, and there's a glow and a brightness from, from his loins up, from about there up. 
Okay? That's what God looks like. He's just bright and okay. Now, to this add the fact that the city of God, said to be in the very heart of heaven, is made, of, made up of all kinds of precious stones. With the Apostle John writing in Revelation 21, verses 18, 19, and 21, the wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. So it was clear gold. All right? The wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 gems. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, emerald, and so on. All right? And it says the 12 gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl. And the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. Now, from all this, it is possible that the fiery stones, this is basically where we left off last time, spoken of in Ezekiel 28:14, may be referring to all the precious stones around God's throne that reflect God's fire, brilliance, and holiness the closer and closer you get to Him. Are you all with me? Okay, so this is, this is a possible explanation. It's just very hard sometimes to pick out all of this, you know, and you really need to put it together. And it is from this mesmerizing and incredible, uh, indescribable paradise, didn't think it was incredible, that Lucifer was driven out and cast into hell. Can you imagine? All right, he's in this, this incredible place, and he sins, and he's cast out. And that's why with great sadness, God says in Ezekiel 28, verses 14 and 15, He says, I ordained and anointed you as a mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. All right. In fact, the New King James says you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. Now, there are two key things brought out in this verse. The first is that Lucifer was created by God, the Son, we know. All things were created by Him and for Him. Perfect and blameless. Meaning that a perfect God created a perfect being, and there was absolutely nothing wrong with the Creator or the creation. Alright? And this is what I was saying to you before. So that's where we have to start. You see, if there was anything wrong with the creation, if there was anything wrong with the Creator, then we can't blame Lucifer for what he did. Are you all with me? Okay, so we need to understand everything was perfect. Now the, the, now the amazing thing, and I don't know what the, I don't think irony is the right word, but it's the other word. Anyway, to make something perfect, you have to give it a will. That was the problem. You see, as soon as you give something a will, to, to make it perfect, you had to give it a will, but as soon as you give it a will, it doesn't become perfect anymore. Because it can choose to rebel. Are you seeing the conundrum? Okay. But that's the thing, see? You've got to, it's, it's an act of faith to create something and give it a will. And God is a faith God. God is a God of love. Amen? He doesn't want robots. He wants beings to worship Him and to honor Him of their own volition. Are you all here? Amen. He's not a ruler. He's not a dictator. And remember, he is love. So he never demands anything. Okay? That's the other thing you need to understand. A lot, one of the things that I was taught when I was first in the Christian faith and was growing up in it was that God demands worship from us. Why? We sing flat anyway. 
<laughs> you know, okay? I mean, he's got angels that are around his throne, above him. He's got the 24. Remember we read all of that? And they just drop down and worship and sing. And I mean, it's brilliant. Why does he want you singing, singing in the shower? You know, which is probably the best place to sing. <laughs> Except for you, Leo. You know. I mean. Anyway, the rest of us, we need to sing in the shower, you know, to be any good. And the thing is, why? You know, is he so insecure? That if you don't worship him, he has a bad day on the throne? How ridiculous is that? Okay? No, that's not the reason. God created because he wanted something to love. See, love wants to love something. Do you understand? See, God doesn't have love. He is love. Love creates to love. Love doesn't create to serve. Listen to me carefully. We serve because we're first loved. Do you understand? So this doctrine that comes out and says, Oh, God's jealous and He demands our worship. You, you misunderstand the word jealous. Because you don't understand that what, what that jealousy is that God doesn't want you to submit yourself to something that He knows will destroy you. And doesn't, doesn't care about you at all. Do you hear what I'm saying? Alright, that's the reason why he doesn't want you to go anywhere near that thing. Because it's just got hatred and he's seen it up close and personal. It tried to overthrow him and, you know, heaven and everything else. And, and if you could see into the face of that, you would go, wow, we need to just stay right away from that. It's just horrific on every level. Remember, if God is love, then the devil is the exact opposite of all of that. Alright, while God is selfless, the devil is selfish. While God forgives, the devil never does. Do you understand? You cross him once and boy, and you don't even have to cross him. Just because you look the way you look, he just hates you. You're in the image and likeness of God. Hmm? And he knows if he, can, if he can damage you, then he can remotely damage God. Do you understand? Okay, all right. All right. So, <clears throat> Therefore, not only was Lucifer blameless when he was created, but so was God blameless for creating him. That brings us to the second key point in this verse. And that is the fact that iniquity was found in him. Was found in him. Alright? Now, meaning that whatever sin he committed was his and his alone. No one was there to tempt him or lead him astray like Adam and Eve. Now that's really key as well. That's why I, this is now me, okay, personally believe that his sin was unforgivable. And there's no redemption for him because he sinned in a perfect world. Alright? In fact, had he not sinned, death and destruction would, have, would not have existed at all. Think about that. Just take yourself way back to that moment when he decided he was going to do something wrong. It was the point in time, it was the origin of everything destructive that was going to happen in that realm, in our realm. It was just going to go and just ruin everything. Can you imagine? Alright, because everything was perfect up to that point. There was nothing wrong with anything. Extend that out. Think about that for a little bit. Alright, so, <coughs> excuse me. 
Everything evil and wrong anywhere, whether in this world or any, and any other, is the result of this original sin. And as to what, what, what this sin was, God goes on to say in verse 16, that by the abundance of your trading or widesp widespread trade, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Now this verse proves conclusively that Lucifer wasn't the God of the original spiritual earth because it didn't all belong to him. All right. Now that was another thought as well that was um, going around for quite a while. Don't know if that's still going today or not. Uh, but, you know, they believed that Lucifer was given authority over the planet Earth, the first one that was created, all right? And that he was sort of ruler over this planet, which is the reason why when he lost his rulership, he was after it, he wanted it back, and why he went after Adam and Eve. That was a thought. Do you understand? Okay? But this tells us something else. Let me, let me ask you a question. If everything belonged to you, why would you trade? It's all yours. Are you all here? Okay. Remember again, there's only two planets that are spoken of that were, that were created, heaven and earth, in the beginning, okay? So if everything was yours, forget about it. That wasn't the case. This is going to now show us, and let's go through this, think, keep that in mind, that Lucifer wasn't the god of that original earth. He wasn't, all right? Watch what the verses say. Just read the verses, all right? First of all, it says he was um, involved in an abundance of trading or widespread trade, meaning that he was dissatisfied with what, with, uh, that should have been what he was given, I'm sorry. He was dissatisfied with what he was given and is the root of all ungodly dissatisfaction, and was doing everything to get it all, including the planet itself. So, what you begin to realize is that he was given something. Now, what we're going to do as we go through this, is I'm not just going to look at what happened to him, but I'm going to relate it back to the things that Jesus taught us, and what the Bible says about certain areas and issues about our life, okay? Because I want you to see... Whenever Jesus makes mention of something, that it, it, there was more history behind what he said than we ever knew. Okay? And I want you to get an appreciation of what is actually being said to us, why it is being said to us, and what spirit we allow to uh, influence us when we listen to it and go down those roads. Are you all with me? Okay? So this isn't just about a history lesson about what happened. I'm going to now tie things in, and this is the reason why I'm doing this. I'm going to tie it back into our lives right now. So are we all ready? Okay, this is when I mess around in your business. <laughs> hey man, that's what I'm paid to do by God, okay? Not you, him, him. All right. So, <laughs> so <laughs> this is the same spirit that is operating in most of the world's systems system today, okay? Dissatisfaction. And why 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 calls him the God of this world. Now we begin to understand why the world goes in a certain direction. Remember I said a lot of the problems we have is coming from somewhere else? Remember I said that to you before? That our history isn't actually our history. And our behaviors and you know, our anti-God behaviors are coming from somewhere else. They're influencing us 
And, but the sad thing is after you do stuff long enough, it becomes you. Which is very, very sad, you know? Alright? So, <clears throat> what's sad also is that it is also, or was also operating in the religious leaders of Jesus' time. And when Jesus addressed the issue, instead of repenting, it says in Luke 16, 14, the Pharisees who loved money. Now, isn't this interesting? All right, remember what the devil wants? He trades, he wants more. He's dissatisfied. He's always looking for something more. That insatiable, you know, always wanting something else doesn't come from God. Can I just say that? Okay. There is a place that we push to excel, but that's different from pushing to get things all the time for ourselves. Do you see the difference? Okay? We are to get better and push to be better all the time. Alright? That's how we were created. But what we must not do is take something away from someone just so we can have it. That's different. Okay? Alright. So in Luke 16, 14, it says, The Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. Interesting, isn't it? Alright? Notice the Pharisees loved, they didn't just have money, they loved money. Alright? But notice also in Ezekiel 28, 16, that not only was Lucifer immensely greedy, but it also says that he was violent in his thoughts. It says filled with violence within. Did you notice that? He was filled with violence within, okay? Meaning that he was aggressive and merciless. <coughs> he was aggressive and merciless in his dealings with the other angels. Alright, so we know he had to be dealing with someone. Obviously he had to be other angels, okay? Which now, I want to start painting a picture. You, you know, for him to go and have to deal with other angels, obviously other angels were given kingdoms. Are you all here? See, the whole concept of kingdoms isn't ours. God's the one that came up with the concept. Hence, he's the king of kings. Who thought about that? Lord of lords. Where did they come from? We didn't make that one up. See, a lot of what we're doing today is a reflection that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? Can I just say it a different way? That will is done in this natural realm as it was in the spiritual realm. We are mirroring what happened. So when we begin to start moving through our history, this is going to be a little bit hard for you to get a hold of, but I hope you do. All right? Understand something that a lot of what we are doing today is a reflection of something that went on long before we ever came along. And all of those systems were set up and in operation well before we ever got here. Do you understand? See, we think we, see, it's man's arrogance to think that we came up with this concept. Aren't we smart? <laughs> and moving on. All right. <laughs> in fact, it is this violence that ultimately led to war in heaven as described in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7, which says, Then there was war in heaven. Michael and, his, and the angels under his command fought the dragon and his angels. All right? That's why the Bible continually warns against evil thoughts, because they invariably lead to evil deeds, as was the case with the Pharisees 
with Mark 3.6 saying, Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. All right? And as we know, when the time came, these evil thoughts and plans manifested in Jesus being condemned to death with Matthew, Matthew chapter 27, verses 20 and 22, saying, Now the chief priests and elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas to have Jesus killed. All right? Um, and it says in verse 22, And even when Pilate said to them, Then what should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? All of them said, Let him be crucified. Wow. So that's the reason why Jesus said to these religious leaders, and the Pharisees in particular in John chapter 8, verse 44, You are of your father, the devil. Are you beginning to see these things now? All right. He says, And the desires of your father you want to do, which included cheating people of their inheritances. And not only that, but Jesus goes on to say that he was a murderer from the beginning. Now that's a really interesting thing, isn't it? All right. So obviously he had this hatred. And remember what Jesus said, and I didn't put it in here, I'm sorry. Remember at one point in time, he said, if you, if you think, if you have a hatred toward someone, then you are committing murder in that sense. Do you understand that, that hatred is, that you, we have to look at it in those terms as well. Because that's where this is coming from. Remember again, I said to you, everything that we're doing is a reflection of some, from something else. Alright? And notice now Jesus says something very interesting. He is going to now take a situation here, alright? And he is going to take it way back to a time we weren't there. To something that he, only he, could know. How could any one of us know that the devil was a murderer from the beginning? We don't know that. What beginning? Where did all this happen? Are you all here? Alright. Obviously, there's a history. Obviously, he knows about it. Amen. And he's now starting to reveal things to us. And these people obviously don't want to hear any of this stuff. Now, the beginning that Jesus is referring to can actually be tracked back to this time in Ezekiel 28.16. Where it says again, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. If he sinned, it means he did something wrong. Okay? And violence usually leads to some kind of violent action. Okay? Do you understand? So just to be clear, first, now, let, me, and let me say this. Trading and carrying on business isn't a sin. So, okay, <laughs> that's not a problem. All right? In fact, God wants... Uh, to be involved in our business dealings. Why the Apostle James says in James chapter 4, verses 13 and 15, Now listen, uh, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go and do this uh, or that, excuse me, we'll go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Instead, you ought to say, If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. So in other words, James is saying, No, listen, don't you plan your life out. Let God plan it out. He didn't say there was anything wrong with their business. He just said, don't you make all your plans. Okay? Let God be involved in this. I need to stop in one minute. All right. So there's nothing wrong again with carrying on business and trading, as it were. However, your motivation and manner in which you do it will determine if you are honorable or if you've sinned. Are you all here? Okay. So if you do it to help people and bless people, all right, that's good. Yeah, you make a profit. You need to, otherwise you'll go down. You won't be there tomorrow. <laughs> all right? Profit is never an issue. 
It's how you do it. And are you doing stuff to take advantage of people or is it mutually beneficial? And we want to work on the mutual beneficial side. Amen? And from Ezekiel 28.16, we can see that because Lucifer was filled with violence, it says that he sinned. And this kind of violence shows that Lucifer was doing all this to serve his own selfish purpose, not God's. And he is still doing it through men and women today. And why Jesus warns us in Matthew 6.24, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. Watch this, you cannot serve both God and money. Interesting how he went all that way to get to that place. Look where he started, look where he ended. Amen? We have to stop there. We'll take a break. We'll come back and pick it up on the next page.